Welcome to Asking Hard Questions, a podcast for arts educators where we explore issues of cultural representation and appropriation. My name's Rachel Dwyer. I'm coming to you from Gubby Gubby Country today, where sovereignty was never ceded. This was, is, and always will be Aboriginal land. We acknowledge the elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge the cultural learning, one of the oldest ways of passing knowledge on country that has taken place here for thousands of years. And we acknowledge any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander listeners with us today. I feel very privileged today to have um, a special guest, Paula Neho, with us. Um, Paula has a wide range of um, professional experiences that she's going to tell us about. So I'm going to hand over to Paula now to introduce herself. Paula, welcome. Yama Malia. Hello, friends. In my ancestral language, Gamilaroi, I'm a descendant of Susan of the Namoi River currently living on the Gold Coast, the Yugambeh language region, and uh, but I grew up far west of New South Wales um, in a place where there are many artists and a community that thinks that everybody is an artist. And so we have lots of art forms from a very young age uh, before we even enter education and that system. And therefore we... Um, have our different ideas about what art is and how it can be expressed and where we get our inspiration from. Um, I suppose growing up out west of New South Wales, I was very much inspired by the colours of the land, uh, the forms that I see in plants and nature, the sounds that the birds or the wind will bring. Uh, there was a whole range of inspiration that I was able to use and carry on throughout um, my life's journey and into a range of professions. Thanks, Paula. So speaking about the range of professions, I'm astounded at the range of experiences that you've already shared with me. Can you tell us just in a a quick summary of the kinds of work that you've been doing? Yeah, so um, when I grew up, I left school and did a trade. So I'm an electrician by trade. Um, I left the country and came to the coast and it was a little bit harder to get work as a female electrician and um, my experience with uh, family and losing family at a young age who were Aboriginal led me into a career where I wanted to look at what we could do for health here. Um, My dad passed when he was 30, his mum who's Aboriginal passed when she was 40 And I suppose when I was young, I did think that was old. But now that I've passed both of them, um, looking at health was really important to me and what ways we could look at living in full health and staying in full health. So I've been working with Queensland Health. I've done work with local government and I'm back with Queensland Health. And I'm passionate about hearing the voices of young people and working with them to create their health journey, which is... Uh, going to be amazing and fulfilling, I suppose. Thanks so much, Paula. Um, 
I also wanted to ask you about your work as a graphic designer because the way the connection to how we uh, how we were able to connect for this podcast is that you've done some work with Bay Youth, who our listeners might recognise from our previous episode with Candice Kruger, um, and you've done some graphic design work with Bay Youth as part of their program and also as an artist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so I used to do... Um, painting art um, in paint art form and with the learn, I, I purchased myself an Adobe program and started to use Illustrator um, and then InDesign so I'm self-taught I haven't had any <laughs> which is interesting so I do things a little bit different and um, sometimes come from things a little bit outside but it works for me and uh, I do love using art uh, to express, I think, visual elements help people understand sometimes some of our complex narratives. Um, It's something that young people can connect with. They enjoy wearing a particular piece, um, inspiring young people to say, well, yeah, you can paint if you want, and we can translate that into a graphic and do a million things with it. And um, it's been an interesting journey working with our young people and a few of them are looking at um, art as a potential career option, which is very exciting. Yeah, super exciting. So can you tell us a little bit, we want to make sure that our guests have an opportunity to talk about the really exciting work that is coming up, that it's not just focused on the things that we want to talk about. Can you tell us about the any exciting projects that you've got on the way at the moment? So I might just tell you about a project we did last year, which was part of um, our response to COVID, where we wanted to look at, I suppose, storytelling or narration through health and um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art sector and health enhancing behaviours are well documented. I suppose working with young people and the risks of engaging with artists and young people from all different schools to do, uh, to come together to collaboratively form their art narrative and then put it onto an artwork could have been seen as a little bit of a risky project. But I think when you actually um, invest and appreciate young people, then they feel good about themselves and want to take that opportunity as well. And so under the guidance of um, Elder Uncle Ian Lavinge, uh, we engaged an artist Grace Brown to work with our students from a range of schools and I found it really wonderful working in health and being able to partner with the education sector. Sometimes we don't do that, we try and do things outside but education has amazing facilities, they know how to run an incursion or an excursion, things I don't want to know about. (laughs) They have um, lots of opportunity for young people to learn and so I think it was a great setting and it built a really good um, foundation for future partnerships. Um, It was interesting that I was using an artist who wasn't from Yuwambeer country and so Uncle Ian had said, how are you going to represent my country in this piece, Paula? And I said, oh, that's easy. We can bring in natural elements. So being inspired by nature myself, it was easy to find shells, rocks, leaves, uh, seed pods, a whole range of um, natural elements that you can find when you're walking on country to inspire young people. And so 
They were able to see Grace's art and how she was able to express her country. They were able to look at Yugambeh pieces um, and then think, oh, what does this mean to me? And it was interesting for me that even though these young people came from different schools and didn't know each other, their desire to complement each other was really, really strong. And so even though we had students that may have done um, lifestyle art, cartooning, a whole um, watercolours, they wanted to come together and build a collaborative piece, but not copy each other. So it was, it was an amazing process and Grace did just such an amazing job. And I think Uncle Liam being there the whole time, inspiring the young people, telling Grace, you better look out because there's a range of young budding artists chasing her tails. <laughs> I think that was quite interesting. Um, and then for them to be able to see that their work was being appreciated and used, um, we've got a report that I'll have to make sure is on our website so you can send out. But also the art is um, on display. It's made into posters that were sent to every school in the region um, with a QR code for them to go to the website and find out more information. And it's also part of a laser cut sign for our healing garden at the Gold Coast University Hospital so that um, young people know that their efforts have been recognised and are proudly on display in everything that we're doing. Look, this is just such a beautiful collaboration between education, the education sector, the health sector, the arts, bringing young people involved. It is just, I think it's it's a really strong reminder for arts educators of the power that they have to be able to connect with different parts of the community in ways that pose, that present really um, strong opportunities for expressing um thoughts and ideas for representing young people for representing different culture and different parts of the community um, but it really provides an opportunity for young people to have a voice in this and to have that space and that um, to have their work showcased in the in a public space like the hospital and I think a lot of people have asked me did I expect the range of outcomes that we had achieved, which no, I didn't. It was a risk. I, I wouldn't know what the art piece could look like. Um, Grace started with a yarning circle image and then Uncle Ian got to put his hand in first representing the guidance and knowledge that our elders have and, and the desire for a positive future for us all. But then it was up to the youth. And I think, um, yeah, it may have been a risk, but if you work together, and of course, we had lots of risk management type approaches within there, but the opportunity to engage and to find out from young people what they thought, to challenge them, I suppose, on some of their beliefs on health. Are we just a medical model? Do we only go to the doctor when we're sick? Well, how about we start thinking of health as being health, active, healthy lifestyles and prevention, I suppose, a little bit about um, maintaining our health, living in full health and doing that for the longest possible time and using that as our inspiration to move forward. And I suppose I was I was quite interested at how basically what had come out of their narrative was that if country was unhealthy, they were unhealthy. And I thought, wow, what an ecological model. But 
based in their knowledge and what they'd seen. And I thought, wow, this is such strength in using the voices of our young people, letting them put that into an art form. And that can be changed and moved into a lot of different areas, but gives them that pride. And they were so excited when we went back to present them their um, certified copy of their artwork and their report. Their, it, was, it was a wonderful moment to see them reflect on, hey, you achieved this in a day. That's crazy. That was wonderful. Wow, how exciting. That is such an inspirational story. Um, I also wanted to hear a little bit more about what you've been doing because you've mentioned the Bush Tucker education sessions that you run um, at the Botanic Gardens on the Gold Coast. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So I've been doing some work with uh, the City of Gold Coast Naturally GC program and so they offer a range of things that people can connect with. One of the opportunities was looking at bush tucker through the story of our country garden, which is located at the Gold Coast Regional Botanic Gardens. I have always been passionate about food, um, have recipes in a book, I've um, helped host uh, native gala dinners and worked with chefs and been um, very inspired by how we can put our Australian native ingredients on a plate and weave a narrative through that story. What I didn't quite know until I had my girls was how you could take your knowledge of what you've been doing forever and then I had to almost deconstruct what I did for example I knew that every time I walked past a plant I would pick its leaf I would rub it between my forefinger and my thumb to activate the oils I would smell that and um, I knew that each plant its foliage had a different form and a different fragrance. And it was almost like pulling all of these things that I'd done and maybe mimicked my aunties in doing as we walked on country to then say, okay, what does this mean and why am I doing that? And then um, put that back together in a construct that I could teach people my knowledge and pass that on and inspire them to be able to use that knowledge in their cooking or their gardening and change the way we see Australian native produce. Thank you, Paula. This is such interesting. These are such interesting stories. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more. You mentioned your girls, your daughters, and what it means now to be um, living or for them to be growing up so far away from where you grow up, from your home country. What do you think that means for, for them and how they're connected to their community and country? So the beauty of um, being involved with community wherever you are means that you can still have these deeper connections. And I suppose I think very much along the way that people talk of song lines, that we have these lines of connection um, and it's often through the environment we're connected through plants, through animals and through the actual piece of country that um, is traversed along in that journey. Um, I'm passionate about getting my girls back to country when I can. COVID has been a little bit of a pain with that, but it doesn't mean that you still can't be connected. And so if I'm talking about food and I'm talking about um, the red or our native Kwandong, from the desert which is like the native peach there's a blue kwandong that grows here which has the same looking seed so we can still collect that we can still 
um, take the flesh off the seed. Doesn't taste as good as the red one, sorry. But <laughs> it means that we can then keep the seed. The girls can make jewellery out of that. So it's still part of that connection. They can learn about the plants here. Um, <laughs> they will often run a rogue course while I'm uh, running a bush tucker session on the side. And <laughs> whilst I think, hey, I'm the main part of the show, it's nice to see that they have knowledge and they're willing to express that with others. And um, so they'll find a plant that they're very passionate about and they might think, well, mum didn't do a good enough job on this, so I'll explain it a little more, which is wonderful to know that um, you can have young people empowered to be able to share their story and confident in what they know and even extending that further with you on their youth working with some of the um, members who were doing hospitality at school and showing them how they could incorporate the native flavors in their ingredients and then it gave them the opportunity to share not only the local produce that you can grow in your own school community or backyard but that it's connected to them as a person and to their language and to their region. And so it's quite a powerful form of using food, something that does connect us already to then express culture. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, I have one final question, which is asking hard questions is designed or intended for an audience of teachers and pre-service teachers. As a parent and as a community member, is there anything that you'd like teachers to keep in mind as they work with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students and families? Yeah, I think that we may express our knowledge in different ways and often uh, we use a term, same, same, but different. And so if you're doing a particular art form or expressing a narrative in a certain way, then we may do it same, same, but different. We might prefer to sing that to you or talk that through rather than write it in beautiful paragraphs. Or we might want to demonstrate that in an art practice, which may be a little bit different, which might make sound or um, so as a rattle or something, but um, understanding if you can help to bring that narrative out and as I said, there's a lot of things that I did naturally from seeing people do it and you copy and mimic with family to then when I had to deconstruct my bush tucker knowledge and then reconstruct that. So until I'd had my girls, I hadn't really needed to teach anybody what I knew so I could just do it and be on my own merry, happy little journey. Um, so sometimes we may not know why we do something or we may not have the words to express um, what we're doing, but given a little bit of time and maybe encouragement, we might be able to explore that together and then find um, an amazing outcome. Thank you so much, Paula. We're going to leave it there, but I really want to thank you for the stories that you've shared today to help our educators get a sense of how we can connect to the wider community and really value the experiences and knowledge that our students bring to the classroom. We have one more episode to go in this season of Asking Hard Questions, but we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Please feel free to get in touch with us if you have any suggestions for future episodes or any feedback. Thank you so much. I'm Rachel Dwyer and this has been Asking Hard Questions. Hard Questions.